Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, for the next year, we are in our gospel lesson. We are going to primarily read from the gospel according to Mark. Not the gospel according to Matthew or Luke or John. This year, year B, we look at the gospel of Mark. And there is no better gospel for the season of Advent than the gospel of Mark. Now, why is that, you ask? Well, the gospel of Mark does not begin the way the other gospels begin. There is no nativity story in the gospel of Mark. There is no genealogy at the beginning of its gospel like in the gospel of Matthew. There is no grand prologue that we all know and love, and that's the last reading for the service of candlelight tonight. No, Mark's gospel begins with a bang. Mark's gospel is apocalyptic, as is the season of Advent. And what I love about the second Sunday of Advent, where we zero in on John the Baptist, is that the first two readings are apocalyptic too. Were you paying attention as the epistle reading was being read? This isn't Hallmark card feel goodness. This is fire and brimstone. Here's how it reads. The heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. The first reading from the Old Testament, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. There's absolutely no reason for comfort for the people of Israel as they read this. They are in exile in Babylon. There appears to be no hope whatsoever. And here, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the warfare, in the midst of the suffering, our Lord comes out with a message of hope. Comfort, comfort my people in the midst of the exile. Good news in the midst of the fact that the heavens will be sent ablaze and dissolved and the elements melting with fire. This is not Santa Claus and his elves. This is not some story that always ends, you know, with almost no struggle. Here is the gospel in the midst of struggle. Here is the good news in the midst of warfare. Where do we see this in Mark? Well, in the passage from Isaiah that he quotes, he talks about the passage that we just read. The Lord making a way in the wilderness, breaking down the mountains and filling up the valleys to make this highway, this path in the wilderness And this is a metaphor for the struggles of our own lives. This is a metaphor for what the people of Israel were dealing with in the exile, where there was no room for human potential whatsoever. A way needed to be made out of no way. And it is the Lord who brings this about. This is made clear in Isaiah. And it's made clear in our passage from Mark. That the one who is preparing that highway in the wilderness is Jesus Christ. 
the subject of the good news of the Gospel of Mark and all the other Gospels too. But Mark presents it in such a way where this one who's come to make a way out of no way does it in the midst of great trial and tribulation. This is warfare language. This is good news from the battlefield. Christ being at the front of the battle lines, we being behind and we hearing the news that the powers of sin and death that constantly oppress us are being driven back by this Lord. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is presented as an action figure. Jesus is presented as the one who, at his very words, the demons, the devils, and the powers of this world fall down before him. Again, this isn't hallmark feel-goodness. This is good news from the front. This is good news from a place of struggle. And as the course of this year unfolds, we are going to see this time and time again, this apocalyptic gospel. We see this in the binding of the strong man, in Jesus' thwarting of the demons left and right. We see this, right, there's a whole lot of debate on, did Jesus feed 4,000 or 5,000? Because there are multiple feeding narratives in the gospel of Mark, unlike the other gospels. Never mind that question. What this gospel is trying to show us is that the Lord is making a way out of no way. He's making the path in the midst of the wilderness. And we see this most clearly at the gospel's very end. For the climax of the book of Mark is not at the resurrection. In fact, in the book of Mark, the resurrection is only hinted at. It's not even declared. The gospel ends the way it began. The women run away in terror because he is no longer where he was placed. You see, the focus of the gospel of Mark is at the very place in the battle where Christ has won. In John's gospel, the language is Christ's glory. And the glory is at the place of seeming defeat. The glory is at the cross. This is where the battle has been waged, and this is where the battle has been won. And unlike the wars that you and I are used to, the wars that we fight, the Lord wins the battle via nonviolence. The Lord submits to being crucified in the lowliest place. And it is at this very point that Mark says the apocalyptic warfare is won. In a word, the Gospel of Mark presents this struggle from beginning to end. And it begins with the great patron saint of Advent, John the Baptist. And he is presented as the peak of the Old Testament prophets. And yet, as we read in this text, one more powerful than John is here. We're to read there a new thing is happening with the advent of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one 
who makes the path in the wilderness. And in the next few verses of the Gospel of Mark, that unfortunately we don't read, Jesus is also the one who rends the heavens and comes down. That also is from the prophet Isaiah. And Mark points to that. That's what Jesus is doing. He is the one ripping open the heavens, coming down to rescue us and to save us from all that holds us in bondage. And it is only because Christ has won the victory that the crucified victor has made a way where there is no way that we heed John the Baptist's words. He says, in light of this truth, in light of the fact that Christ has won, we are to change our whole way of thinking and being around this one truth, this one single thing. Again, this isn't news of like, get your act together or become better. No, this is a whole new thing has been created. A whole new reality that you and I did not usher in. But Christ himself ushered in when he created that highway in the wilderness, when he rent open the heavens and came down. And so it is in light of this reality, not that we are making a straight a highway in the wilderness, not that we are ushering in the kingdom, but we are getting in line with what he's already done. He is at the front lines and we are just going there because he's already pushed the enemy back. Christ, God in Christ, has leveled the mountains, has filled the craters, has made the highway straight so that you and I have nothing to fear. We might be tempted to be afraid, right? COVID-19 numbers in the U.S. right now are a million a day, Jim told me, for the past five days. We might be afraid because we're not exactly sure what's happening with the election yet. We might be afraid because not just the stuff out there, but the stuff in your own life. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost a relationship. Maybe there's been a death in your family, and despite the fact that you're supposed to have gotten over it by now, you just can't. This is the very place where the Gospel of Mark tells us that Christ meets us. In the place, in the crucifixion areas of our lives. And while if we did not have Christ, if we did not have hope, we might be tempted to despair because all looks bleak. We are given the same message that the people of Israel were delivered all those years ago in the midst of defeat and exile. And that is comfort, comfort my people. Because despite all evidence to the contrary, despite the mountains and valleys of your life, God in Christ is making that highway straight. And not just for the world out there. Because I think sometimes for us, we like the idea of God making right the world out there, but we don't really like it here because, you know, we, you know, stop meddling, preacher. But the good news of the gospel is that God in Christ has won. And so, He is going to make right all that has gone wrong, not just out there, but also in here. And again, this is the context for change your whole way of thinking, change your whole way of being, be single-mindedly fixated on this truth. 
We are fixated on this truth because this is the good news that is too good to be true, and yet it is. But despite the fact that we often contribute to the madness that is outside of us, despite the truth that we often contribute to the madness that's inside of us, our Lord is making straight that highway. Our Lord is rending open the heavens and coming down. He has won the battle. And he is at the front lines. And he's coming back to bring us forward. This is the good news of the gospel. So keep this in mind as we go through the gospel of Mark over the upcoming year. This is the whole story. And in the upcoming weeks, we're going to give you part of the story. We're going to show you the apocalyptic good news. We are going to show you where Christ wins over sin and death time and time again. And often it doesn't look like the ways we would have it. Nevertheless, my friends, our Lord has rent open the heavens. Our Lord is making a way out of no way. And our Lord is the one who, in the midst of the chaos of our lives, is saying, Comfort, comfort my people. There is hope. We have nothing to fear. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.